Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Hi, this is Kim from the Wingate in Missoula. If you need a break from the everyday same old, same old, we want to be your home away from home. With comfortable rooms, a great breakfast, and a super fun indoor water park, the Wingate of Missoula is the ideal place for a quick getaway without having to go away. Let us give your family a little quality time together or ask us about our birthday parties. Work like an adult, play like a child, and sleep like a baby at the Wingate of Missoula. What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Thanks for riding with us. You're listening to Nuanez Now, one-stop shop for all things sports across the Treasure State each and every weekday from 4 to 6 right here on ESPN Missoula. Proud entity of the Missoula Broadcasting Company, locally owned and operated. We also can be found on television, statewide, SWX Montana Television. Uh, I'm going to start just wearing bright colored shirts for everybody, so I hope you just enjoy it. Uh, we're going to get some ESPN stuff on here. I'm going to make Riley start wearing some logo gear. This is going to be just like he's a model. I'm all for it. Miss anything in the first hour of the show. Riley Corcoran, by the way, joining me in studio. He is the voice of the Grizz, as well as the co-host of this show on Mondays and Tuesdays. If you missed anything in the first hour, we talked Tiger Woods. The bad news is Tiger was in a one-car rollover accident today. The good news is his injuries are not fatal, and he is in stable condition as of right now. In just a quick moment, I will have Riley give you an update on what's going on with Tiger. But we also had a good conversation that we will continue a little bit later on in this hour about the overlay between the University of Montana and Montana State men's and women's respectively basketball teams. Both are really young one, the Grizz men are struggling. The Montana State women are not. The answers to why, I think, are much broader than anything or any individual that is resides in either of those two programs. I actually think that it's a great um, 
microcosmic example of the state of affairs in college basketball in both the men's and women's games. So we'll continue that. We also had interviews with Cam Parker, not Cam Satterwhite. Caught that one. Riley did. Uh, Cam Parker as well as Josh Bannon. And by the way, Josh Bannon will join us on our ESPN roundtable tomorrow around 5 o'clock. He is a native Australian and uh, really sharp guy, really fun to talk to. So we're looking forward to that. We also heard from Tori Martell, the lone senior on the Montana State women's team. And we had our Treasure State stars as we do each and every uh, Tuesday. By the way, because we had to get that legal idea and I forgot to finish the segment, Treasure State Stars is also presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union has so many perks. They have free rewards, checking accounts with cash back and high dividend rates, as well as ATM fee refunds. That's big if you travel. Like If you are going somewhere and there's not your bank, but you want to bank locally and you're going out of state, so big if you can go get an ATM fee refund, and Parkside Credit Union has those. They also have the best mobile and online banking experience in Montana. Parkside Credit Union always investing in technology, and they're always saying yes. They're also very proud sponsors of Treasure State Stars and Youth Sports around the state of Montana. Any update that we haven't had uh, lately about Tiger Woods? Yes, so there was a news conference at the top of the show when we started. Now the details are rolling in, and it's all good signs, I think, considering the situation. Tiger was wearing a seatbelt. Um, single vehicle rollover, as we know, by Rancho's Palos Verdes. It's about 20 miles south of L.A., and it's it's on the coast, really, of the ocean. It's rolling hills in a kind of a ritzier neighborhood. Um, speed limit is 45 miles an hour. Going around that, at least for now, is what they said. He's driving a mid-sized SUV. Hit a curb, then the curb caused him to overcorrect into trees. And then once he hit the trees, he rolled over several times. Vehicle moved about 500 feet from the road. No skid marks, no evidence of braking as well. They had to use an axe to take wood safely away from the windshield or take him through the windshield. But this is maybe most important. Deputy Carlos Gonzalez is on scene. He said Woods was calm and able to identify himself right away. It's good. I, a lot of times when you really study and delve into somebody and you, you, you know, you, you admire them and analyze them like I have and so many of us have with Tiger Woods, then a lot of times when they do these um, in-depth comprehensive documentaries or they write these biographies, I often wonder, do I even want to waste my time? What am I going to learn that's new? But the, the HBO documentary that just came out within the last uh, four, four to six weeks It has a lot of new stuff in it, so I would encourage people to watch it. Nobody from Tiger's direct camp is involved in it, so I do think that gives it a little bit less of the well-rounded nature that I would want from a true piece of journalism. That said, Tiger and his, his circle of people have always been so private, and there's a lot of, I mean, as is stated in Armin Katea's book, there is, uh, a lot of people that have been involved in Tiger Woods' lives that have had to just to sign non-disclosure agreements and keep everything confidential and private from anything that they've ever had, any, any interaction they've ever had with Tiger Woods. So that in itself is telling. But the most revealing portion of that documentary is when they show the footage of when he gets pulled over for his DUI after his, his 2013 back surgery before he goes to rehab. Man. So the point is here, and I'm not going to go down that road because we don't need to sit here and kick a dead horse forever, but um, the fact that he was coherent and talking is such a good sign because if 
there, there, I knew that there was going to be speculation instantly. He's relapsed. He's back on the drugs that he was on. And it, when he got that DUI, I mean, he was on Percocet, Oxycontin, Xanax, and Ambien. I mean, a cocktail that it's just amazing that he didn't just kill him in the first place. I can't believe he could even walk, let alone drive. But the fact that he was coherent in this is great because he was he was the uh, he was living on another solar system. And there was a quote also that said Mr. Woods is lucky to come out of this alive. So that's really? two wrecks now that you can say that he's lucky to come out of it alive. Number one. So uh, and it is all promising. If you didn't enjoy, if you weren't there for the details at the beginning of the show, the good news is it was in the morning. It was I mean seven o'clock, and he was driving to a tea time to play golf with two NFL quarterbacks and Drew Brees and Justin Herbert. So as far as foul play and all of those things, not the case. Not going to speculate, but what it sounds like, probably something that we're all guilty of every now and then. Maybe looking down at the phone, coming around to turn. And, right. You know. I, mean, I think he was driving pretty fast. For and sure. It was probably high traffic. And so, you know, on the the, the exact time of the, the 911 call was 714. So you have to wonder if he had an 8 o'clock tea time and he's ways out. You know, again, we don't want to speculate. There's no point in any of that. What does Bobby Houck say? Speculation is non-productive conversation. <laughs> yep. um, speaking in hypotheticals is unproductive. Yes, That's, it is. that was that was uh, instructed. I don't to do us. hypotheticals. I don't no. do hypotheticals. Unproductive, regardless. Uh, so we'll have more updates on Tiger Woods um, throughout the show. When golf is back on, I don't think Tiger is going to be playing golf uh, anytime soon. But we wish him the best. But if you do like watching golf, or you like watching any other sport, sports are back in action, and there's a bunch of sports games going on this weekend, whether it's the NBA, the Grizz, the Bobcats, anybody from around the Big Sky Conference, the Silver Slipper has it on for you. They have 55 TVs. They can get any sort of sports action you want, including MMA fights even. I know there's a couple big ones of those coming up as well. They have drink specials every day, 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and Tarantino's Pizza. There is nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team at the Slipper. It's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. Card Room is also back open with games nightly, 7 p.m. Call or text 333-1500 or visit MissoulaPoker.com for more information. Stop by today and see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. What do you think? Do you want, do you want to continue our conversation about hoops, or do you want to talk about Big Sky Conference uh, spring football? I honestly want to continue. I want to finish hoops, yeah, and then I want to I'll refresh, start with football, because there's some good thoughts okay, on Okay, so that here's too. what we're going to do. We're going to finish this conversation about the overlay between Montana Montana State men's and women's basketball. We're going to talk briefly about the high school poll, which is also basketball, and then we're going to take a break and get into the uh, FCS spring season, particularly pertaining to the Big Sky Conference. So we were talking about how the University of Montana men's basketball team well, give me give me the statistic again. They started three freshmen on Saturday, so that makes them one of how many? One teams? of ten teams in the country that has started three freshmen in the same game this year. And just to to put another stat on that, last year the Grizzly freshmen combined for forty starts. That was a school record. Right now they're thirty nine, so they're going to break their own school record consecutive years with starts by freshmen. And it's I mean that itself is an indicative of the state of college basketball because. A lot of the guys that started last year as freshmen don't start now. So I think that there's a lot of different things that have contributed to Montana's struggles. I think there's a lot of different things that have contributed to Montana State's uh, good play. But I do think broadly the biggest issues that the Montana men have had and the biggest benefits that the Montana State women have had are more revelatory about the state of basketball in both the college men's and women's games than they are uh, – 
praise or indictments of the actual programs that we're talking about. Why is Montana so young? Well, twofold. They graduated a slew of really good players. They also made a pretty concerted effort to go away from a really transfer-heavy model. But then because they had some transfers transfer, or some transfers not pan out, or some non-transfers transfer, they had to go get some transfers. <laughs> That's Ben's college basketball in yep. a nutshell. They, they made an effort of bringing, I mean, they brought in three outstanding freshmen last year and this year. That's what you want broadly. But you also can't navigate the Big Sky Conference without some upperclassmen, and they had no seniors in their class, so they had to go get some seniors in Michael Stemmen and Cam Satterway, and then those guys just left before the season was even over. Big time, and that, that was the the thought I wanted to finish that we at the end of the 4 o'clock hour, was that a well-constructed roster to me, when you've done this long time, you've covered basketball for a while, you see the makeup of championship teams. It is very rare, if not impossible, that you are going to win championships with underclassmen. It's just not going to work. You, you right. might have a star or two, but you're not going to win. Tell me the last NCAA tournament team champion that has primarily underclassmen. It's very rare. It's almost I like mean, a unicorn. Even the last NCAA champion team, in since the, I'm just thinking about just since the league tournament and the Big Sky Conference on the men's side has moved to a neutral site. I can only think of even a couple freshmen that even got tick in conference championship games, right? Like, um, Jarek Harding okay. got a little bit of tick, but he needed Joel Ballenboy and Jeremy Sanglin and you know one of the best senior classes Randy Ray's ever had to get to the NCAA tournament. Uh, North Dakota had uh, Jason Avance, oh, good name. who yeah. was like a, a, a power forward, but he still needed Quentin Hooker and Drick Bernstein and Gino Crandall and, you know, just on down the line. And so it just, it takes so many really good players. Like, even think about those Grizz teams that went. Who was really even a, uh, I guess, Timmy Falls? Sure, Jared Samuelson way early way when early, he was a freshman. Like, but even those guys, they weren't even getting much tick when it came to, like, the semifinals and finals of the tournament. So it is. It's really hard to win in this league without older guys. And there's a, there, there's a couple things that are priorities, right? For me, when I'm putting together a spotter board for each team, one of the first things I do is put the roster of the 10 that are in the rotation. And then out of those 10, you go breakdown by class. Okay, they have X amount of seniors, X amount of juniors, sophomores, freshmen down the line. The key to success for a championship program right now is to have balance within your roster. What's the difference right now? Montana has no balance. You you talked about it with the transfers they brought in that were supposed to to fill that void of upperclassmen. Well, they didn't pan out. Okay, so that's one factor to it. The other factor is they had one position completely wiped out. I mean, for for different circumstances all the way down that we're not going to go into. Nassim Gaskin yep. to Cameron Satterwhite to Hunter Clark and then Michael Stedman, right? Michael Stedman was... A little bit different as far as positions concerned, but that wipes out one whole position and it wipes right. out everything you think about well, upperclassmen leadership. You also talk about Timmy Falls leaving the yeah. before the season too, and he's he's a combo guard. So there's there another you go. there's another guy that plays on the wing. And leadership from the leadership standpoint, what do we what do we say at the very beginning of the year? Well, I kind of like this Grizz team, but who's the top dog? Who's going to take exactly. the shot? Well, that, that's a byproduct of just straight leadership in general. For sure. Who's going to lead the team when there's adversity off the court, not only on the court? And I think that's why you're seeing. The difference, getting back to the point about Montana men to Montana State women, MSU women, they, everyone has role definition right now. For Montana, it's just and been they, and, they, and they have a defined leader. Yes. And, and I, I'm not trying to say that the fact – here's the thing. This is the difference in the programs. Travis DeCure 
is he's the alpha dog of the program, and he challenges guys until one rises up and then becomes the alpha dog of the group. So that's the formula, and no one has really risen up to embrace the challenge. Whereas at Montana State, particularly with this iteration of the team, and and sometimes it's sometimes you just you get a fit that you'll never get again, and that's what Montana State has in Trisha Benford and Darian White. Darian White is Trisha Benford. Like that's what it's the point guard she's been searching for her whole coaching career, and then she found her. Oh, by the way, in Boise, the town that she went to college in, and. When you have a, a I, I know that I give Darian White so much credit, but I think that Darian White, with the exception of the fact that she's five foot six, is the best pro prospect in basketball in the Big Sky Conference, man or woman. And I think that the fact that Trisha Benford has directly stated that in the media over and over and over again, and that Darian White has stated that her goal is to go to the WNBA, I think that it empowers the entire organization because although she's only a sophomore, I mean, I, tr- I voted Darian White as the MVP of the Big Sky Conference last year. I thought she was the best player in the Big Sky the last 10 games. That was going to be my point, is that last year, how rare is it? Big Sky Conference tournament, that was the chatter. Right. Can you, and it, it wasn't even for debate. that To me, the best player in the league is a freshman, and everyone realized it too. And when you have something that's special, to your point about Darian White wanting to play in the WNBA, Coach Benford obviously has those ties in the background, you have everyone else on that team wanting to be a part of something special and accepting the fact that Darian is top dog, so to speak, on that team. And and this is seriously, this is one of the reasons why women's basketball is so appealing to me is that there's so often a jockeying for that lead dog position in men's basketball, and sometimes it can be really good. Like I just mentioned that North Dakota team that went mm-hmm. to the NCAA tournament, and Gino Crandall and Quentin Hooker, because they had differing personalities, but they both wanted to be the leader, but they both could be the leader at the same time because they were different types of guys, that can sometimes work. Oftentimes, though, you got guys... Somebody asked me this on a podcast a, a while ago. How did a team that had Harold Frey, who's one of three players in Big Sky Conference history with 1,800 points and 500 assists, Tyler Hall, the all-time leading scorer and the all-time leading three-point shooter in the history of the league, and Keldron Blevins, who's on the Portland Trailblazers right now. You have three pros. You got one guy that's in the G League, one guy that's in the NBA, and one guy who's in playing the top league in Europe. How did that team go 6-12 and 12 in Big Sky Conference play? Well, you want to know Why? Because there was four other guys on that team that thought they were better than the three guys I just named. <laughs> that happens in men's college basketball way more than people realize. Role though, man. definition. It's it's crazy though, man. Like it's, honestly, I seriously think that Montana and Weber and Eastern have had better players than everybody else the last several years. But most of the rest of the league, the reason that the only reason that they're different in the way that they finish is who gets along with who and who thinks they're better and who doesn't. You got to have the dude who's willing to stand in the corner and shoot threes and doesn't think he's better than the best player. Because as soon as you do, then the whole thing is just miserable. You have to have guys that know their spot. It's just, and that comes with a process. It comes with time as well. But you have to have someone to learn from. I, I am a huge believer in that from the team concept side of things. It doesn't matter what sport it is or even what level it is. You have to have leaders that you look up to exactly. that you can, because it, it can't come from the same source. Yeah. Travis Takir can say anything he wants till he's blue in the face. But until maybe another player learns, like, from a Saeed Pridgen. I keep going back to him because he was the sure. most recent leader. But you can ask questions to someone, hey, what was it like for you two years ago? You know, as a sophomore, as a freshman, you were battling. That 
that is what maybe is missing with certain teams that are wondering, you know, why why don't we have the record that we should? I I, I am such a believer in that, and I, I know that you're on the same page with it too. For sure, and I think that then that's why you look at Montana State. I think that again. We're analyzing this through the broad picture of college basketball because I don't think that it's anybody's fault that Montana's in the state that they're in. I do think that Montana State deserves a little credit for it, but it's also a byproduct of the the culture that exists in women's college basketball. I think that's the other thing that's definitively different. I think that, and now we're going down the, the path of analyzing the psychology of young people, but I do think that young men, especially in their late teens to early 20s, mature a lot slower than young women. And I think that their ego, I mean, I think that the number one thing you have to master as a young man is getting over your ego because it's just going to haunt you for your whole life. No matter what you're pursuing, you have to learn how to work with other people. You can't just fight everybody all the time over everything. And I think that women get over that a lot earlier. And I think that that makes it so that the chemistry of the team uh, is just a lot more fluid. I think that's a great point. I think that goes from what for males. I mean, 15 all the way to what? 30, 50, 40. For sure, man. Truly. I mean, I thought Jeff Choate nailed it in his departure press conference uh, at Montana State. He said, we try to make all of this all about experiences. The best and worst part about it is that most of the time on the men's football player side, you don't realize the experience until you're 30. You don't realize all the great parts about it. You you realize all the fun you're having with your buds and winning games and running out of the tunnel at Washington Grizz and all that. But you do not remember you. The life lessons don't sink in, and I think that's why I love the women's game because the lessons sink in a lot faster, and the coaching just works better. More importantly, riding the highs and not realizing—I mean, the fun that you're having during it. But also, that's that's a double-edged sword because you're also not realizing the impact of one decision in a negative way could impact your entire career. Whether it's more of you know, I don't want to take my role. I want to. I want to get buckets tonight. I want to get buckets. Well, that one decision could be such a, a factor down the road to your entire career, and yep. I just don't think the, these guys understand. Well, and the role yet. definition and culture that you were talking about too, that also is omnipresent on Montana State because they have six freshmen that are part of the program that are all being led by three sophomores. Essentially, you have Tori Martell is a great senior, but she can tell everybody in the program. I was the top reserve in the league two years in a row. I never even started. And now as a senior, I get to be the leader. But then Darian White, Cole Badbear, and Madison Jackson can all say, well, we were in your guys' shoes last year. We were the freshmen on a senior-laden team, and we won 26 games. That's the kind of thing that they need to be passed down. And that, I think that, that you're right. It's the missing – the class balance is the missing link for the Grizz because they don't have anybody that's been a part of the program to teach everybody else what it's about. And that's where – that's the one thing where I've been very critical of – Montana and Travis DeCure, but you have to do you have to give them some leeway because the state of the game is broken. The way that it's being influenced by the state of society right now is broken. But more than anything, if you coach at Montana, and this is particularly true in the revenue sports, you have to emphasize the tradition because that's half of what you sell the kids in recruiting. So it's half the reason that kids come here. And if you don't have anybody to teach it and you don't have any way to show it because there's nobody in the stands, it's a all I gotta say is Shout out to everybody that's coaching basketball in the state of Montana right now because you have a terrible job and I would never want to. Tra- <laughs> I would never want to trade you and I hope to God it gets better. It is Nuanas now, one hundred two nine ESPN Missoula as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. We're going to talk some spring football and give you an update on the prep polls on the other side.
Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications connect to more. Hope you're living right. On a Tuesday, I almost said Wednesday. I don't even know. I don't even know anymore. I should know because I have consistent partners. That should be the thing that indicates the day. It's Riley on Mondays and Tuesdays. It's Sean Rainey on Wednesdays. It's Chris Redpath on Thursdays. But I do appreciate you and everybody coming in to the show because it's been a lot of fun kind of rebuilding this thing into something new and different. I hope everybody out there is enjoying it. It is Nuanez now, voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran, joining me, Coulter Nuanez, in the ESPN Missoula studios. We're talking all things sports each and every day right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television every day from 4 to 6. If you want to listen in live on one of your mobile devices, you certainly can. The, uh, all you got to do is go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. You'll find the stream. The stream is presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. They love, I love the support in the studio each and every day from Opportunity Bank. And stay tuned later on this week as well. The Opportunity Bank is uh, the proud sponsor of the Coach's Corner. So we'll, uh, have, we'll have a bunch of coaches joining us throughout the rest of the week. But uh, we'll definitely have a special coaches interview as well. Ryan Looney from the Idaho State men's basketball team making his ESPN Missoula debut. If you want to give us a call, shoot us a text, 361-3688. That's 361-3688. We're going to dive into some spring football. I have a couple questions for you, Riley, to get this thing started. I like it. I think if you're playing games, it's hard to d- demean or, or discredit the validity of a season. That said, the Big Sky Conference and FCS National Playoff picture seems very dissipated because... Many of the premier teams, including three of the best teams in the Big Sky Conference in Montana, Montana State, and Sacramento State, are not participating in this spring football season. So, just broadly, what is the validity of this spring football season? Whew, kind of a loaded question again, and I don't want to ruffle too many feathers here, but this is a glorified exhibition season, in my opinion. I mean, what are we playing for here? At the end of the day, it's two things. It's a Big Sky Conference championship and a national championship. And if you really break that down to the next level, what does it take to win a Big Sky Championship? To unequivocally be better than any other team in the conference. That's impossible. It's impossible to do. From a national stage, maybe more valid than in the conference. Okay, there's only a couple outliers maybe that aren't participating that would be in the top. So let me ask you this, because I think that the devil's advocate of that would say that then there's no there's no, there hasn't been a valid big sky champion since 2012 because there's no round robin because there's no round robin i i would 
tend to agree with that. I mean, until there's a true champion, but this one's even more so different, right? There's so many other factors. Uh, we're, already, we're already seeing it with basketball. I mean, I think Idaho State Montana is a great example. I'll go with 10 second segue rant. If you look at Idaho State, who they've played compared to Montana and who they've played and the gay COVID cancellations, it's two teams that their record is not an indicator of what they really are. And I think we're going to see that a ton here in this spring season where some teams are going to play four games. Some are going to play eight. The teams that you play are are all over the place. I mean, it's like that anyway with the Big Sky Conference when you have 13 teams and you have eight conference games. There's no chance. That's been a talk of a long time. And even more so, we're down to eight teams playing. Okay? Eight. And the way the schedules work, for one reason or another, and I'm not blaming... The schedule makers and everything in between, because this is what it has to be because of COVID. Isn't it even seven now? It, well, it's eight teams that are playing. You play six games. Right. But I always forget there's 13 teams in the big sky, right? Because right, right. five dropped out. That's exactly. Right, that's right, exactly. That's right. But well, that's funny. I was just saying there's only seven because I only listed seven coaches because we're about to uh, talk about the seven coaches and what they have to win and lose uh, in this. Because I see this is usually it's hard for me to divorce myself from things. Like I still keep saying the San Diego Chargers. <laughs> I've already divorced myself from Southern Utah. Sorry, Southern Utah. (laughs) Actually, I I love the people at Southern Utah. They've been great to me. Bryce and Lester, shout out. He's great. I mean, they've been great to me, and I've written so much about them because they've been so good in football since they joined the league. But regardless, okay, so eight teams playing. I totally agree. Eight teams playing, and it's still not a true round robin. I mean, out of your six games, everybody is playing a home-and-home with someone. And, And again, for safety and everything, no problem at all. And I'm not bashing that but what i am saying is the answer to your question is there is no validity because it is a thrown together this and that where okay there's a very good chance in the big sky conference which would be bonkers and honestly i I hope for the league it doesn't happen because it would it would make it even crazier that there your two best teams are not playing each other your two best teams could both be six and oh in weber and eastern washington and you still don't even know who's the champ there so i guess when i'm answering the question i would say i would tend more no that's not taking away for what these guys are going to commit and do your thoughts on the validity well i just think that there's a chance for there's a chance for a team to go undefeated in league and win the league and a chance and then because it's a 16 team bracket with 11 auto bids i don't think that the big sky is going to get more than one team into the playoffs unless there's two teams that go undefeated which will then open up a different can of worms five and one but Eastern? i also no. think that there's a te- there's a chance for weber or eastern to go five and one and not make the playoffs even though they're better than the team that goes undefeated and i, I think it just muddies the waters so much so then we're, we might have a representative from the big sky that played the easier schedule that's not actually the best team like what happens if weber state goes five and one and their one losses to eastern washington so then they're in the top 10 of the poll for the duration of the spring season which is they're already number four in the poll. So let's say that they're they're five and one in league play, and they're number seven in the poll. But then the number eighteen, I, I'm just completely spitballing. Yeah. I don't know the schedule, but like the number eighteen Idaho Vandals go undefeated in the league, and now they're the Big Sky champs. They get the auto bid, and the number seven team in the league is not in the playoffs. That that has not just a sort of chance of happening. That has an enormous chance of happening, and that's complete disaster. I, I mean, it's just it's just so bad. I think right now on paper, this is me again spitballing. You have sixteen teams, right? You have eleven auto bids. The power three in the FCS are the Missouri Valley, the Colonial, and the Big Sky, right? Mm -hmm. I would say that each of those leagues should, should get an at-large. So hopefully two make it, but you're right. That's absolutely plausible, especially when you think of the... What's going to be funny to me 
is the comparison of resume. FCS playoff committee, what are you going to do with a 5 and 1 Eastern Washington compared to a 5 and 1 I'm throwing someone out there, a, a UC, Northern Iowa. UC Davis yeah, UC Davis, or, uh, whatever right, it might right, be. Right. Uh, you said so, another conference. Another right. conference. North how Dakota you, or something. How do you compare? Right. There's no non-conference. There's no non-conference. Yeah, right. I, it's it's going to be very thrown together. I hope for the sake of everyone that they can get through the playoffs and the playoffs become big, but we were even talking about that yesterday. You're having to search to even find these games. I truly think the only time that this will even tick the relevant scale on a national is once the 16-team brackets are built. And the other thing that's going to be so uh, precarious here, this is uh, Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as on SWX Montana Television. If and when you lose two games in league play, you completely alter the what you're treating this spring s- football season for. Great point. So now all of a sudden, this becomes glorified spring ball scrimmages. And you have a lot more structure and game preparation, and it's good for your team, but you're also going to completely alter the way that you operate games. Now you're going to, I'm not saying teams are throwing games like they're losing them on purpose, but let's say, let's say you have a really tough schedule, and you say, let's, let's use Portland State as a hypothetical example. Let's say Portland State starts the season one and two. Why would you ever play Davis Alexander again after that? Davis Alexander is a four year starter quarterback. He's a senior. He's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league this next year. There's no way. I guess Portland State's not playing the spring season. I was just going right, to say that, okay. but your, your theory okay, so, works. Though. Eastern Washington. Let's say Eastern Washington go. goes one and two. Perfect. They're, why would you play an All American in Eric Berrier? Or why would you play, you know, uh, Tamrick Pierce, you know, your great running back? If you're UC Davis and you stumble out the gates, why would you ever play Alonzo Gilliam? If you're Jay Hill at Weber State, you, you drop a couple. You're not going to play Josh Davis. So now you're not playing your best players. And so then now it turns into a developmental portion of spring, which I actually think would be advantageous for the teams that transition to that. I think that would actually be, ironically, the biggest advantage of this whole thing. I swear to you, there's going to be a team that goes 0-3 to start out, and it'll be the best thing that ever happened to them, because then they can play all their young guys and straight load up for next season, and all their starters can sit on the sideline, and now they're not going to sacrifice any bodies as they chase playoff bursts, and they're also going to develop young guys. I think a good team to watch out for in that exact scenario would be a Cal Poly with Bo Baldwin, but also circling back to your first question, you laid out a perfect example. Okay, A team goes 0-3, but then they're going to start playing, just say, second, third string guys. Well, what if they're going up against Weber State, who's right. 4-0? Validity of that game is completely different. Exactly. So, exactly. And so then, and also though, it's not just about playing young guys. It's not just about resting starters if you're in a position where you can't make the playoffs. Then it transitions also to, as we know, traditionally, spring ball is where you cut a lot of the fat. A lot of times you're going to bring 90 guys into spring camp. You have 30 guys already signed. So you got you're basically got... 15 to 20 guys in spring ball that are vying for roster spots, that are vying to get invited back to fall camp. Because you're going to bring back your returning letterman. You're going to bring in the guys you've signed who haven't ever played for you yet. So you have these guys that are trying to earn roster spots. And usually it's it's usually between 15 and 20 guys that are trying to earn like six to seven spots. Well, now it's going to happen in real time. So, that, I mean, th- there's a scenario here where there's going to be guys that start multiple games this spring – that then don't play for the team that they're starting for in the spring. That will be bizarre. It's going to be bizarre. And and so, that, that again, that's what I'm saying. I think that this is just like in the NFL when you get stuck and you're just plowing towards an 8-8 eight eight or 7-9 season. It's also like the NBA when you're like chasing the 8 seed in the East and then you just don't get it. So now you're not going to get a good draft pick and you're not going to make the playoffs? 
That's where if you're in this thing, like if you are three and one, and then you just you drop that that game. Well, so then now you're okay. Now you don't want to finish 500 because it was a waste to play the season. You want to get to four and two, but you're not going to make the playoffs. So you're just stuck in the way that you're managing your roster in that exact moment. And I just think that I, I honestly think that the teams that know exactly where they're at early, it's going to be a huge advantage for them on both sides. Like if you start two and zero and you're chasing a playoff berth, great. If you start zero and two and now you're chasing playing time for your young guys and you can rest your veterans, also great. It's just like that two and one or three and one start that then's followed by a loss, where then you're just sitting there and you're like, "What are we gonna do?" I'm going to to pose this before we go to break. April 10th comes around, right? That yep. that's week six of the Big Sky Conference. That, that's so that's when, when the Grizz play Central Washington, right? So I will pose this one to you: What game would be more interesting, Grizz opener against Central Washington, where you see everyone for the first time, or NAU against Idaho State when neither team has a chance to make it? What game? Shows you more. Wait, wait, in it, let's just say NAU and Idaho State at that point are both one and four. Right. Okay. And and which could be valid. Who who knows sure. at that point? I don't even well, know if they play I, that. I, I, also, I also actually think though that's a good that's another fold of this to to unfold. I think that the the, the schools that have quarterback battles that or, and or have uh, several new quarterbacks in their program that are vying for positions, those two teams are two of those. It could also be interesting because you're not you're gonna not. You're going to protect your great commodities like Eric Berrier. But you might need a, a bunch of prove-it games from Tyler Vanderwall, the Wyoming transfer is at Idaho State, right? So I think if you're like a guy like Mike Ferriger, who's Idaho State's offensive coordinator, shout out Icy Mike, uh, the you're going to relish in the extra reps no matter what for the development of the guys. If your guys are bought in. Right. That's the other part is like right. how many guys are going to be just not into it when it's when you're one and four. When and it's you, 20 degrees out in Ogden exactly. and going on the road and, and, play, and you're 0 and 4 and you're playing 4 and 0 Weber State. Eh. Exactly. The, the want to might come out of the guys a little bit. No question. We're going to talk the ramifications for several of the best coaches in the Big Sky that are embarking on this spring season right after this on Nuanas Now. What if there's a place you could walk in, get physical therapy, pay a flat fee, and feel better? Well, there is. It's PhysioTrek, Missoula's only walk-in physical therapy office. PhysioTrek offers physical therapy on your time with a flat fee so you can feel better faster today. No need for referrals or for insurance. Just go to PhysioTrek.com, book your appointment, and feel better now. You know you've been wanting to try dry needling or see if a specific stretch would help you. You can do that now at PhysioTrek. Visit PhysioTrek.com to book an in-clinic or telehealth appointment. That's PhysioTrek.com. Big Sky Conference coaches and the ramifications of the spring season right after this on Nuanez Now. Hi, this is Kim from the Wingate in Missoula. If you need a break from the everyday same old, same old, we want to be your home away from home. With comfortable rooms, a great breakfast, and a super fun indoor water park, the Wingate of Missoula is the ideal place for a quick getaway without having to go away. Let us give your family a little quality time together or ask us about our birthday parties. Work like an adult, play like a child, and sleep like a baby at the Wingate of Missoula.
They're taking this new supplement. It's, it's just bee pollen and ginseng. Oh my gosh! It's great, dude. It it it, it gives you just the the bing that you like in your. <laughs> but then I also drink my triple shot espressos as well. It is new on us now. I can't wait till Friday for our Florence Coffee Company coffee break. That's my favorite thing. Uh, you're listening on 1029 ESPN Missoula statewide SWX Montana Television. Missed anything in the show? You can find it on the podcast. The podcast is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me in studio as he does each and every Monday and Tuesday. Tease for upcoming weeks. We're getting down to it. We're, we're closing in on it. We will be in Boise for the Big Sky Tournament from stem to stern. So we'll be doing Nuanas now Monday through Friday from Boise. So um, we are in the process of putting the whole thing together, getting some sponsors lined up. Uh, big thanks to Stockman Bank of Montana, as well as Nick Tabor of Westpac Wealth for sending us on our trip to Boise. Uh, we'll have a bunch of other fine sponsors lined up by the time we hit the road. And then we are also efforting, and there's a couple different loopholes we got to jump over so we can't fully go all in on it, but we're trying to go to Indianapolis for March Madness as well. That looks like it's pretty promising that's going to happen. So either way, we're going to be doing remote broadcasts at least five and maybe as many as eight times. Nuana is now in March, so that'll be very exciting. Remote broadcast, we kind of had put those on the back burner lately because of the old uh, Rona, but we'll be back at it in Boise, and that'll be a lot of fun. We're both really looking forward to the uh, Big Sky Tournament in Boise. Uh, we're, speaking of Big Sky Conference, we're talking Big Sky Conference football, and uh, we're probably going to have to continue this conversation next week because we only have about six minutes left. We usually but, do that to But ourselves. that's okay. Uh, I want to talk just quickly about uh, – first of all, i got to say this. It remains to be seen how Brent Vegan is, fills in at Montana State. But before Jeff Choate left, in my opinion, the Big Sky Conference had its strongest set of coaches that I would say it's had in the 1AA era in terms of how many really good coaches there are. A big part of that is the return to Bobby Halk at Montana. That really fortifies one of the power schools with one of the power coaches. I think that... Eastern Washington does not have a head coach like Bo Baldwin. I think Aaron Best is a big prove-it season for him, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. And that's not to demean Best. I just think that Baldwin is one of the best coaches in the modern history of the league. Jay Hill's the best coach Weber State's ever had. So that fortifies and makes them a different and another power. Dan Hawkins is the first legitimate Division I coach that UC Davis has had. I mean, Jim Sokar, Jim Sokar is one of the great coaches in the history of college football. And Bob Biggs was one of the class acts in the history of college football. But they were both operating a Division II program for a long time. And that's nothing to be said bad about Division II. Hawkins is just the first one that's actually taken them up a level. But then the return of Idaho in the league impacts the league. I know Idaho struggled, but it does add another competitive member to the league. I think Rob Fennessy is the best thing that Idaho State's had in quite some time. Probably the best thing that Idaho State's had since the early 1980s. And it's just on down the line. I mean... Bruce Barnum, I mean, Tim Walsh was a great coach at both Portland State and Cal Poly. I think Bruce Barnum's on par with that, although Portland State has struggled the last couple of years. He does a lot, though, with what he's dealt. Exactly. And Bo Baldwin's back in the league at Cal Poly. And so we just, there's, you know, to me, the big question marks, and that'll just parlay us into the segment. I think DeMario Warren's an improvement year at Southern Utah because he has not been nearly as good as Ed Lamb was. 
Chris Ball is in a huge proof year at Northern Arizona because everybody can say that Jerome Sowers was, you know, just a step over mediocre. Well, Jerome Sowers was had winning records and was flirting with the playoffs every single year. Chris Ball, they were horrific last year on defense. I mean, they were giving up 400 yards like it was their job on rushing. And so that's a big prove it spot. I think it's a prove it year for Paul Petrino as well at Idaho. And at, at Eastern Washington, Aaron Best has to prove he can live up to his predecessors. But then everyone else across the board, I think, has gotten better. And I think that's why Brent Vegan is stepping into such a precarious position because uh, he could be one of the boys leading the way for one of the best programs in the league. Or if they take a step back, it's a real it's going to be real tough sled because there's no there's no one left in the league that's mailing it in. I was just going to say there's no easy games anymore and that and that's the best that you can the best compliment you can really give the big sky conference i get why when bobby halk was hired back here he <laughs> he made the comment the infamous comment now the only thing that's different about the big sky conference is montana's not winning the big sky conference i i agree with him wholeheartedly and disagree with him fully at the same time because he's right in the fact that montana has the best resources tradition and facilities of any of the member schools that currently exist in the league so they should be winning the league or at least competing for league titles every year so i agree with that premise also, though, it's not Steve Mushagian and Jeff Zamberlin and Rod McBride and, you know, God bless us, our Jerome Sowers is a good coach, but he was never going to beat Montana. He had, a, he had a mental block over beating Montana. And so there was all these coaches that Bobby Howe could just, you know, it's, it's not Rob Ash on the other side of the hill anymore. You know, and so... There's no more bully ball going on. Exactly. Right? I mean, Bobby Howe could... Bobby Howe was never worried about Jerry Glanville or... Rob Ash or Paul Wolf or Steve Mushagian or Jeff Zamberlin or Jerome Sowers or, you know, it go on down the line. I think a great example of that, the best example of that is down the road in Pocatello. His, sure. One of his best friends, confidant, Rob Fennessy, is now leading yes. one of the programs that, for lack of a better term, has been maybe a doormat every oh, now, absolutely. right? And now, that's not a, I mean... You saw the homecoming game here last year. Sure. Tennessee got his team up 17 nothing. So sure. there, there's no letdown game at all anymore. And that, that's the strength of this league. A couple guys that stand out to me as far as prove it, I, I think that at the top of the list, there's two guys. It's Aaron Best yep. and Paul Petrino. Yep. This is your chance. Montana yep. schools are out. Okay, Weber State, we, we all think, is going to be number one. To me, there's I'm going to focus more on the top half of the league as far as these eight teams that are playing in the spring. For Jay Hill... This is your shot. This is your shot to go nationally and take that next step. And can you make even, I'm not saying win, can you make the FCS National Championship game? I think that is doable for Weber State. This is their shot to do it. And they have less roadblocks on their way there. For Aaron Best, it's a big year for Eastern in a lot of ways. I mean, we all know the financial mess that they're in. A winning football program could essentially save what, you want to do and then for sure for idaho i think that's number three in all of this too is are you for real are you going to show up and i think idaho is the that i'm really fascinated on those top three get commencement ready at the montana state bookstore your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org free regalia when you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.